Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Idle Chatter. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the Hot Rod Farmer, coming to you from Cat Swamp Road. And God willing, you had a blessed, blessed Resurrection Sunday. And this is the show that's going to air the Wednesday after Easter, or drop, as they say, but only the good Lord knows when you're going to listen to it. So my my well wishes for your blessed Easter goes to you no matter when you listen to this, even if it's in December. So that is what this is all about here. But I want to give a big shout out before I get off on a tangent, as I'm so good at doing, to uh, two gentlemen who were kindly to reach out to me and to give me a pin in my map, which means that they will also be in the contest to win the Hot Rod Farmer license plate and one of the Fenta diecast models, which is a, a Rogator sprayer, a momentum planter, a uh, ideal combine and a track tractor wonder i forgot what model they call it i can't keep track of all of these models today i don't know whether it's my brain is going <laughs> burning out of me but when i was a young man i used to know everything right and now it seems that uh, i guess i guess the more you put in your brain has to push something else out right to make room maybe it's just an excuse i'm giving myself but anyway Without any further ado, I want to give a big old Cat Swamp Road shout out to uh, to Mr. Matt Domini. So Domini, Domini, because he gave it to me phonetically because I asked him, and he listens on the SiriusXM radio show. And you could listen also to the SiriusXM radio show without SiriusXM. You just go to my website, farmmachinerydigest.com, or any podcast hosting site. And I should say most podcast hosting sites, because there's probably some obscure site out there that we're not on. And uh, you could get that get that show there one week after it airs. It's inventory there. So uh, Mr. Domini, he reached out to me, and he is from Oaks, North Dakota. And he's listening to this guy from Jersey up in Oaks, North Dakota. Excuse me. And he is a, a crop and beef cattle farmer. And uh, I want to thank you so much. So he is in the uh, drawing now. And then another gentleman, Mr. John Nye, and he is from Delta, Utah. And he listens on, I I think he listens to both, he told me. So uh, the podcast, I know he listens to the On the Road podcast. And uh, he is originally, a very interesting story, which I'm hoping to learn more about. His family is originally from Connecticut, and they dairy farmed in Connecticut, and then in 1995, I believe he told me, that they moved to Utah, and now they run 5,000 cows. I'm assuming that they're probably a Holstein or Holstein cross. I didn't ask him that, and they have about 100 pieces of, of equipment on the farm, and they got a lot of rain this year up there where he is in Delta, Utah. He normally, he said they get about seven inches a year, which is unbelievable for me to fathom in New Jersey. If we got 42 inches, we're a bad year. And uh, I should have looked at the rain gauge, uh, the weather station to see how much we got this year so I could compare it to what Mr. Nye got this because they got 20 inches so far. And uh, he says that because of all of the rain, it's very muddy there on his, uh, I forgot what term he used uh, it seems that they don't have a barn for the cows, that the cows are outside, and they have like a lean-to for their, their walking around out there. So I guess it's, uh, I don't know if you call it the dry lot. 
Um, so forgive me, Mr. Nye, I should know that, but I don't, uh, which is probably common with this guy today. But anyway, um, and he said because of the mud, he's been working a lot. He has a cat 140M motor grader, and he listens in the motor grader. So that's probably pretty neat to uh, know that I'm being listened to in a motor grader. And I spoke to uh, Jeff Mondell. You know who he is. And God willing, I'm hoping to do the On the Road episode with him possibly this week. And he was in his former life before he was incarcerated. He was a, uh, a, he was a heavy equipment operator uh, to, very, to much acclaim. And he was very, uh, I'm not going to say well-known, but he was very accomplished heavy equipment operator. And he was well familiar with uh, Mr. Nye's cat. Let me write, I got this written down here, so I'll mess it up, 140M. And he was telling me about how the blade adjusts on that and what you could do. And, uh, and then also, in the subsequent correspondence, Mr. Nye told me that he has a, a DCAT T6 LGP, which stands for low ground pressure, which I had learned about six months ago from Jeff. And uh, so that's basically, in, in essence, it would be like saying... Uh, very uh, a farm tractor or a sprayer or a plant that does very little compaction so he also has a, a d6 lpg and god knows what else he has out there sounds like he's got a whole cadre of equipment and uh mr dominey didn't tell me anything more about his farm so reach out to me mr dominey if you listen to this i would love to know more about your operation beyond it being uh crops and beef up there in oaks north dakota so uh, thank you very much gentlemen for giving me two pins in my map and i wish you all the best of luck with winning the contest and in the scheme of life to winning that contest is absolutely nothing so i wish you blessings on your farm and your family and your health and that your animals your livestock and your animals and your family is healthy and you are healthy and that your crops do well this year and uh oh also mr knight told me that his milk goes to dan and yogurt so you eat some more dan and yogurt because you got to help this guy out he's a hot rod farmer so that is that and then what I wanted to uh, just go over some stuff with you, as I always do, and I, I, I sincerely appreciate you allowing me to do that. And as I've said this, you know, on this show before, I think of all of you guys as family, uh, kin that I don't know, right? Kinfolk that I never met, distant kinfolk. And I really appreciate the opportunity for you to share things with me. And I so am so anxious to hear things about you, about your life, about what's going on. And please know that this is not a monologue. and may come across as a monologue, but it's a dialogue. I would love to know about you. And, uh, and that's why I feel that I share this with you, because you're friends, you're family. So uh, I had... Well, I got two stories here, and like most things in my, I try. I'll try to be. I'll try to be very tight with them, and they're not connected, but they're connected, which is like most things in my life, right? It's not connected, but it's connected. So um, I was working out in the field, taking down my electric fence, my temporary portable electric fence, which I will openly admit should have been taken down in September. All right, but they guess they say right better light than never well this is a never situation and from the one field i could see out there's a there's a a, a sparse hedgerow or hedgerow with some trees in it and then i could there's another field there and then there's the highway the county highway route 517 so i was working in the field that's that's behind the not near the highway let's put it that way so i'm going on for an hour 
and then I, I you, you could see to the highway when there's no crop in the field and uh and there's no leaves on the trees or what have you you could uh, and the thing is that now mind you i'm blind as a bat but you could see that the, you know you could see cars you couldn't tell you what kind of car is going by out there or something but you could see that you could see what's happening and then actually right along the highway there is where we have a grassy area and that is where we set up our farm stand to market the roadside stand to market our sweet corn and that's actually where my banner st- my banner is and i'm not going to say still because it is it, it's going to be there uh, just uh seeing if anyone has spotted my cat donald and we've gotten so many uh so many phone calls and texts and wonderful people uh but anyway, I won't go off on that now. So I'm looking, and then it seems that there's a car, or a vehicle, I should say, over there by Donald's Banner. So what I so lots of times people pull off the highway, and uh, they'll pull off the, 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 it's not a highway, it's a county road, and they'll take a picture of the banner, or they'll copy down the phone number, which I'm so appreciative of, because I know that many people have done that. And sometimes people have nothing to do with the banner, and they just pull over, happen to pull over there to talk on a cell phone or do whatever they're doing. But me being the uh, <clears throat> the she bear the, that uh, that protects her cubs um, like uh, like a she bear does, well, I protect this farm like that. So I'm always suspicious, and maybe that's bad. But I'm suspicious of anybody that stops along the road or or does anything or comes up Cat Swamp Road and stops. So uh, I because over the years, I mean, this is a very good area. But you know, then I've had people throw garbage or the guy's on a telephone there and he's eating the uh, drinking something and throws the can out. So whatever, it's people things. So I'm watching, watching, and what I could basically tell is I could look when a car goes by or a vehicle goes by in 517. If it blocks the view of the parked vehicle, then I know it's on the other side of 517, and it's not my land. It's actually state land. There's, I think there's 16,000 acres there, believe it or not. And uh, and it's um, well, not my, I don't want to say it's not my concern, but it's not on my land because I don't want to give the wrong impression. And I'm the type of person, well, it don't concern me. I don't give a damn about it. So, but it's not, but I'm not, you know, if I see that it's on the other side of the road, then whatever. I'm not looking like this mother bear who's coming to my cubs. So I noticed that this vehicle is sitting there. Then I see another vehicle and I see a truck, it looked like a truck, a red truck across the highway. And I said, oh, well, let me go see what's happening. So I stop what I'm doing, taking down the fence, walk across the two fields and I mean, this is not Nebraska, so I'm not, I mean, it, it's, it's a decent walk, but it's not, I mean, I'm not going for hours. I wish, I wish I were, but that is not going, that is not the case here in New Jersey. So anyway, the important element is that there's an older gentleman broken down there. He had, a, I first thought it was when I was walking, it was a, that it was a Toyota minivan, but it was a Toyota, uh, it was a Honda, Honda Odyssey minivan. And it appears that the timing, it's a 2013, it appears that the timing belt chain, I would—I guess they have a belt, uh, broke. And uh, then I was talking to him, and he had called for the tow truck, and the tow truck guy, flatbed guy, was coming. That was the red vehicle I saw across the highway. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, so what happened was that um, the tow truck guy pulls over there and whatever, and then to make a long story short, I said to the gentleman who owned the van, he was an older gentleman, very nice. I said, uh, you know, is this a handicap van? Because uh, 
and you could just tell by the way they look the way they're modified they're raised up a little bit in the back and they put like a a rocker panel valence there i guess to cover the mechanisms and and with it with a ramp comes down so he says yes it is so he was obviously not handicapped <coughs> excuse me i'm just going to uh, uh kill this for a second excuse me i'm back so uh he was obviously not handy, but then subsequently I learned he was 95 years old. This guy looked fantastic. I mean, he looks, he looks, I mean, unbelievable. I mean, if it was 65 years old, I thought he looked great. But anyway, and he said, no, his daughter, and this is the important element, his daughter uh, is handicapped. So I said, oh, I said, I'm very sorry. I said, I don't mean to be nosy, but you know, did she get into an accident? So he says, no. Uh, she was born that way. I don't know, and I don't know whether this man's wife is still alive or not. He says she was born that way. She's a quadriplegic, and she can't talk. Uh, she can move her hands, or I guess move just her hands, not her arms. I wasn't going to, uh, and she has to be fed, and right now she's being fed with a feeding tube. She has, hasn't lived at home for, I don't know how many years. She's in a facility not too far from our farm. And I would assume that he was coming back from seeing her. And uh, he said to me that that the doctors, when she was born, the doctors told us that she, if you'd be lucky if she lives three weeks, make reservations, make reservations, make arrangements to uh, to have her get ready for her funeral and her burial. Well, he said to me that 55 years later, the girl is 55 years old now. And the poor thing, I mean, it was, it was almost broken to tears. I mean, what a burden. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's not a burden when it's love, right? But, to, uh, but, but it is a burden because you have to deal with it on it every day. And he's been taking care of, and I'm assuming his wife has passed away. I honestly don't know. Uh, for 55 years, this daughter and uh unbelievable i mean just uh, we don't until you hear stuff like that you don't even realize how blessed you are in life and the little things that happen are absolutely nothing and i have to you know i don't know this gentleman's name and and uh but you know you really have to take your hat off to him that uh that there was some sacrifice and and that sac- sacrifice is always rooted in love right and that's what what Easter is all about. But anyway, so now to contrast that, <clears throat> which is, uh, I'm saying it's a contrast, and I don't even know why I'm telling you this, but maybe it'll resonate with somebody out there, is that the only social media site that I'm on is LinkedIn. And it's whatever. I guess it's good in some ways. And it, I, I don't think it's bad. Uh, it could be a waste of time, a big waste of time. And it has the potential of maybe maybe having some some bear some fruit so of course it's a business oriented so anyway and i don't even really know how the platform works but i guess if someone follows you or connects you and and i I don't even know anyway so the important story here is that i don't know who this woman is and she posts something and uh and she said that then and there's a picture of her, and she has a younger son, maybe 10 or 12, 13 years old. I, I can't tell how old kids are. My wife gets mad at me with that. But anyway, <clears throat> and her husband. And the important element is that she started 2022 uh, being diagnosed with a very aggressive cancer. And then she uh, she said that uh, she went through treatment, whatever, and uh, she's cancer-free now, and it 
All right, so uh, now it's 2023, so I guess I don't know how long the treatment took. She's cancer-free now, and uh, she said, and you know, she, she threw in there the uh, <clears throat> the necessary, oh, with a lot of prayer, and what well, I'm strong, and I'm this, and I got a lot of a lot of will, and I'm going to fight it, and, and, and I'm not saying that's not a part of it, all right? And so then she goes to say, well, you know, God gives us life, and you have to choose to do what you want to do with your life and make it, and I forgot exactly, but basically she's saying is that God gives you life and then we have free reign to do whatever we want to do with our life because God gave it to us and we want to do what we want to do and I want to go on vacation and I want to do this or this or whatever. And I'm not saying that that's bad by no means. So please don't look at it that way. But what a sharp contrast that came to my mind that you have this 95-year-old gentleman, the good Lord was blessed with obviously good health and strength. I mean, no eyeglasses on anything. And then uh, who's been taking care of this daughter either with his wife or without his wife to some level for 55 years. And then you have this woman who has been blessed with... Uh, I don't. She didn't say it's in remission, but whatever. Blessed with good health. Let's put it that way. After a serious cancer diagnosis, and she thinks, and I'm not being derogatory. I'm not being mean. I'm not being anything. I think it's very sad that she thinks. Well, God gave me my life, so I, I for me to enjoy and for me to do, and everything was me. For me to do what I want to do. For me, for me to do this. For me to do that. For me, to, and it was this whole litany of things. All right, and I'm not saying if you're not blessed with good health that you can't enjoy something but i actually sent it back something on linkedin they'll probably ban me (laughs) and i and i basically told her i said you've been blessed with your cancer being cured it's not about you it's not about me it's about you you've got that blessing that a lot of people didn't get you need to do with, with your life what the Lord wants you to do. I'm not saying you can't go on vacation. I'm not saying you can't do that. But the whole thing, the whole tone of it was me, 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 me. So I got this now and I'm going to do, you know, I, God gave me this because I'm so wonderful and I'm, and I'm going to do what I want with it. So like I said, I don't know whether I should have even shared that with you. But you, know, it's it comes back to such a sharp, contra- stark contrast, I should say that this gentleman gave up his life for his daughter because of love. This woman was given the blessing of being cured of cancer, and she's taking all the glory for herself and saying, it's everything is for me, 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 me now. And I know that that's a humanistic side that we could very easily fall into, but I guess the take-home message here, and I'm not being a preacher, I'm not doing I'm not saying I'm any smarter than anybody else or any holier than anybody else, but it really comes down to you have to look at what is before you in your life. If you were blessed with something like that, all right, then and, and blessed with with a, a cure or blessed with with, with 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 anything like that or a child or whatever. I mean, whatever it is, then the thing is that you really have to and to see where that came from, and you have to. We should honor everything. We should need to have it potentially taken away from us to honor it. But it's certainly. But it is. I think it's much more glaring if you are given something on the verge of losing something and it comes back to you by god's grace and you just think it's all about yourself so sorry i wasted your time with that but i want to give another shout out shout shout out out let me get my shout out to mr andy Lindsay from pennsylvania from western pennsylvania long time listener 
also thank you very much uh andy for being hoping to get him his family on an on the road podcast one day soon we've been talking about that for two years now so hopefully god willing we can make that happen in this year but he listened to the show last week and he made a suggestion that i should try for my throat some local honey so that's unprocessed natural honey uh to see if it helps my throat and uh i looked in the kitchen and we did have some local honey well it wasn't local from pennsylvania but unprocessed honey and uh it's buckwheat honey i never i, I how did i know that i don't know how they know that I, I never had bees but anyway so mr Lindsay said that since the doctors are not helping me that i should try this and mr Lindsay, andy all right i want to just give you the respect of calling you mr but i consider you a friend even though we've never shook hands he sent me pictures of his daughter's wedding beautiful girl a handsome son-in-law anyway is that i'm doing this show today with two teaspoons of buckwheat honey so uh i'm not so i uh, so i'm not saying that the jury is out but being an engineer you do a b a comparison you have to get enough data so i took the honey just before i recorded and so far pretty good and it doesn't mean that it can't get better but i may need to take the honey a half hour before i record i may may need to take three teaspoons of honey but if i so i have um i actually have pennsylvania buckwheat honey on in my in my in, in my gut right now so i want to thank you so much for reaching out to me with that remedy and uh for caring enough to do that i greatly 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 appreciate it it would be wonderful and uh if it makes makes a, a substantial difference and even if it makes a little bit of difference because i actually think i have a couple of different things going on so that is basically that another thing i wanted to just say to you quickly and i'm sorry for taking so much of your time is that uh I'm, st- I'm starting to do putting together some seminars, some workshops, and some keynote speaking. So this is a, uh, I guess it's self-promotion, right? Which my mother used to say, self-praise stinks. And I'm just throwing that out to you. I'm going to be working through Mr. Rich Tiller for the keynote speaking. And that is a, uh, he's the, you could look him up, Rich Tiller Agricultural Speakers Network, I think it's called. And uh, we're going to be working, working through him to, get some keynote addresses and for different organizations but what i also want to throw out to the audience and i'll throw this out every once in a while is that if you are a member of some sort of let's say i know for instance i know that i have a lot of listeners in canada i know there's an ontario grain growers association i know in the states it is a lot of uh of farm bureaus pennsylvania farm bureau ohio farm bureau arkansas farm bureau or there could be a cattlemen's association or whatever that you're a part of and <clears throat> and you would like to have me come and i i'm i'm embarrassed to say that right have me come like i'm a president of the united states coming to have me come and give a workshop a seminar i have a number of different seminars that i'm putting together uh, they could be anywhere from an hour to all day long depending upon what you want is that please have your association or on your on your be on their behalf reach out to me at hot rod farmer and we could see what we could do i could tell you what seminars i have uh i love giving i actually love giving seminars more than keynote speaking uh, i would be more than i would love to do a keynote address for you but keynote addresses usually are uh you know oh you got 45 minutes you got an hour and uh 
you're my people. I want to connect with you. I want to give you as much as I possibly can, but whatever. So I'm throwing that out to you. Uh, realistically, it would probably need to be, uh, you'd have probably have to have a, an organization behind you to to uh, absorb the cost for it, to amortize it. I mean, uh, so, but it's not, as, it's, it's very cost effective. Uh, I'd come out, do a presentation, do a class with you guys, uh, I'm not fancy schmancy. It doesn't have to be in a, in a fancy. Sh- it could be in a in a farm shop. It could be in a dealership. It could be whatever. So so whatever. Keep it in the back of your mind because I know a lot of you are with farm bureaus and cattle associations, dairy associations. So that I'd be, I would love to be able to have that opportunity to come out and uh, make it a win win for everybody. Uh, obviously those, they're not going to be free, sadly, unless we get someone to sponsor them. So if I get Fent to sponsor them, then fine, that's, that's beautiful. So it's this, so just think about that or whatever. And if you don't have the opportunity because you're not part of an association, that's wonderful also. I just figured I would throw that out to you. Alrighty, 25 minutes into this, not good as I always say. So hopefully you did not click off by now. But what is the time keeping you waiting, right? What's the topic of today's show? And the topic of today's show, a while back, a listener from Ohio, and due to, uh, <clears throat> due to his religious beliefs, I, told, I said that I would not announce his name, uh, asked me to do, a, uh, to do, to do some episodes on, on hot rod stuff, hot rod engines, uh, hot rod parts, talking hot rod, and I have to look back in my files and see what I actually called. And this really is not a talking hot rod episode. All right, this is quasi talking. I don't want to say talking hot rod. You can make it whatever you want. The two engines <clears throat> that I'm going to reference only because they come to mind and they're pretty well known is uh, a two valve American baby V8 and a four valve American V8. And what the topic is going to be today are cubic inches. Or more valves better, and that's always been a debate. Uh, I mean, just like there's a debate for, for more common debate whether synthetic oil better than mineral oil, and the answer is yes. But uh, you have to look at what what your qualifier is, like anything in life. But among engine people, or you're going out to, let's say you're looking to buy a new pickup truck, and you look at and you say, well, I could get an F one fifty. Uh, with a four valve motor i could get a ram with a two valve motor and i could get a gm chevy gmc with a two valve motor so why what's the difference is a four valve motor better than a two valve motor is an overhead cam engine better than a a push rod engine so uh that is what we're going to discuss it's not truly going to be in the hot rod talking hot rod uh like the other show i have to put one of those together because it's been i guess a couple of months already uh but it's going to be like an fyi a point of interesting so that is what we're going to do and hopefully i do not go too long so the question is now you're at the cafe you're talking you're having coffee right it's a rainy day you can't get out there to plant you got the planter on the tractor you're all ready to go you're waiting for the field to dry up a little bit right and you're having coffee and you're talking to the guys and you're saying one and this question comes up is a two valve motor better than a four valve motor and um 
So let's look at what we are talking about. Now, first, what we're going to do is we're just going to talk about how many valves versus cubic inches. So you could either have displacement, a bigger engine, or you could have more valves. You, You can't have both, and we'll cover that at the end. So if you look at, and I'm going to, I'm going to compare, I'm going to use a performance engine for it because I know the, the horsepower offhand, or I think I know the horsepower close enough, right? Close enough for government work. But uh, I'm going to compare the 392 V8 from Chrysler, as well as Stellantis that I, I always say that I hate that name Stellantis but anyway the 392 let's say that's in a, a Dodge Charger a Dodge Challenger and 392 Hemi versus a 4.6 liter Coyote V8 in a Mustang GT so two performance cars and and what's interesting though is that those engines uh, have a more utilitarian version as i was saying so you could get a 392 v8 in a ram pickup truck i think would have to be a three-quarter ton or a bit lo- or or heavier i don't think you could get it in a half ton or and you could get a version of the coyote all right in an f-150 pickup truck so there's my there's that is my cheat point right where i could say well you know hey it, it serves both purposes but in essence the 392 uh, in the Dodge Challenger is rated at, I looked that up, it's rated at 485 horsepower. So it's a stout piece, no Mickey Mouse, right? 400, and, and I believe that the that the latest kite or the latest version, I think the Dark Horse Mustang, uh, it's about the same, 485, 470 something. They're within spitting distance of one another, all right? Because Ford has a couple of different uh, versions of that engine, the same engine, but different calibrations or maybe different camshaft. All right, so uh, so let's say they're both, for, for argument's sake, they're both 485 horsepower. All righty, so now you have a 392 cubic inch Hemi from Chrysler Dodge, 485 horsepower. You have a 302 cubic inch, a 5 liter, all right, 302 i think it's a little bit bigger than 302 right now like 304 or something 304 i think the bore is slightly bigger it's still a five liter 302 we'll call it and that's 485 horsepower so is the ford guy better than the chrysler guy because the other guy needed three needed you figured 392 all right he needed 90 more cubic inches right because if you took 302 and added 90 you get 392 so he needed 92 more cubic inches to get to the same horsepower that the ford guy got across the street metaphorically in michigan in the in mission in uh, detroit right uh, to make the same horsepower so what's the deal here so are valves better or is cubic inches better <clears throat> so that is so these are perfect two perfect engines because there's a difference in displacement they're in the same they're used in the same applications and they're uh both producing more or less the same rated horsepower well let's start with the basic element of an engine design and i don't care whether it's a tecumseh on a snowblower right snow king they used to have those on our snowblower good good motor snow king actually it's an engine but we call it a motor right so anyway so the thing is that you have to remember that the 
that the valves in the cylinder head of any engine are the gateway into and out of the cell or out of the bore so the intake valve allows the charge which is air and fuel mixed together into the bore the exhaust valve lets it out that's all the valves do all right they open and close all right and they let they let stuff in they let stuff out all right so now whereas you have the 392 hemi has two valves it's a two valve head so it has one intake and one exhaust valve all right you have the 302 ford we'll call it a 302 uh 302 ford and that has four valves has two intakes and two exhaust valves so when you look at engine design and like i said i keep repeating it i don't care what it is you look at engine design that the the more flow you get into and out of an engine the more yield you're going to get and the yield on an engine is horsepower so the more yield you're going to get so the more efficient of intake flow and exhaust flow is the more yield you're going to get so now are two valves flowing more air than one valve and in most most applications and it's not it's it's not not across the board but in most applications if you were a betting man but you are a farmer so we say if you are a betting man that two multiple two valves will well two smaller valves will outflow one larger valve in most in almost every instance so when you have a two valve engine versus or a four valve engine versus a two valve engine you are at a design inherent design uh not what's not count what's the word a disadvantage because you do not have the potential and we always talk about potential because you could have a two valve head that outflows a four valve head but you you have the potential for more airflow and then on the exhaust side you have the potential for more airflow and if you recall from a podcast way back is that when the exhaust valve or valves cracks open that is called blowdown so when the when the camshaft opens the valve and it just cracks open blow down all right as soon as it comes off the seat of the of the valve comes off the seat is that the pressure the residual pressure that's left over in the cylinder bore escapes into the exhaust port and into the header or exhaust manifold or what have you at that particular point once the cylinder blows down the valve opens further and then the piston itself needs to pump the inert exhaust gas out so that's why the fourth stroke is called the pumping loop we call it the exhaust stroke wrong all right it's called the pumping loop so what happens is that you have this blow down the immediate air that's out so if you were to let's say taking a tire tube and you take the valve out of tire the air comes out right away that's blow down but then if you want to put the tire the tube in the tire then what you gotta do is you go around you gotta squeeze it and you gotta knead it and you gotta push every little last bit of air coming out of it well that's the the pumping loop that's the exhaust stroke you're pumping out what the residual air is because the pressure differential did the work for you initially so now following the same tenant that multiple valves flow better than 
than a single valve, even if the single valve is larger, is that you have a much, you have a, I don't want to say much, you have a more effective blowdown event with a multiple valve engine four valve engine than a two valve engine so if you have a more effective uh what blow down event put my my head back in my brain or my brain back in my head blow down event then you're going to have less pumping losses so there's less work that is going to be need to be done by the piston like you needing the tire tube working around to put the air out so you can get it into the tire between the tire and the rim you're going to have less work and if you have less work that's called a parasitic loss you have less of a parasitic loss than the energy that is coming from the burn the expansion of the of the burning fuel in the bore from the next cylinder in the firing order is not being used as to such an extent to 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 clear out the cylinder all right so more of it is going to the flywheel makes sense and we've discussed this before but it's a quick recap so the thing is that the idea being that a four a, mo- a four valve engine multi-valve engine you got some motorcycles have five valves all right but we'll use four valve versus two valve has an inherent advantage of being able to fill the cylinder quicker easier and better than a two valve engine so now keep in mind also we'll just touch on this even though you've heard this before is that on the cylinder fill the intake valve it's called volumetric efficiency and that's the amount of sil- amount of fillets in the cylinder this is not like filling up a, 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 a gallon of milk on a, on a bottling line where they're going to fill it up to up to the top and then put the cap on is that the engine a lot most of the times an engine will not have a hundred percent cylinder fill all right the goal is to have 100%, but most production engines have about 80-85% cylinder fill, and that occurs at peak torque, and that is what is called volumetric efficiency. So most engines have about 80-85% volumetric efficiency, and anything that you do to make more power with an engine is basically improving its volumetric efficiency, increasing it. So now most most two valve engines are are volumetric efficiency limited so in essence that means and i should go i should agree up my calculator here let me just step away from here for a second hopefully okay i didn't mess anything up and hit the timer okay so now if you have arguably and I'm going to do this, I should, these numbers I could do in my head, we use 80%. So if you have a 300 cubic inch engine, forget about the 302 or 300, a 300 cubic inch engine, so I could do the math in my head easily, and you have 80% volumetric efficiency, then in essence, that is an effect, that engine is effectively a 240 cubic inch engine. So it's 300 times 0.8 which is two so it's it has 200 300 cubic inches of displacement but it is really only using 240 because at 80 percent volumetric efficiency that's all it's filled to so it's like having a one ton pickup truck and putting 300 pounds in the bed all right so that's all it's filled to 
So if you could increase the airflow into the engine, and then we talked about out, but this is a volumetric cylinder fill, then the better the ports are, the, however we get it in there, right, to is that if we could raise that up then what's going to happen is that we're going to make the engine uh we're going to allow it to use more of its displacement now i don't know what the volumetric efficiency is on the 392 chrysler engine i would assume it's probably 80 85 percent ve is usually measured at peak torque because when you have peak torque then the cylinder is filled the most because remember uh, even though we talk horsepower dynamometer registers torque and when horsepower is torque is how much how quickly its work can be done torque is work so now the coyote the ford coyote motor believe it or not has a volumetric efficiency of i'm gonna say i don't know what the latest one is but i would i know a few years back was 106 107 percent so this newer one with the the, this dark horse i think 500 horsepower is probably 110 so let's say 106 so you're saying, well, how can it have 106? How can it be more? Whereas the the uh, the, the the Dodge has maybe 85. I don't know, maybe it's an 88. I don't know, but say based upon say probably it's about 80 to 85. Right? So how can you be over a hundred percent? Well, you can be over a hundred percent volumetric efficiency because what's happening is you're so you're so good at filling that cylinder it's happening so efficiently that what's what the air is actually compressing the all right as it goes into the cylinder and it hits the piston and it's condensing it so you're actually putting a hundred we'll use 106 as ve 106 percent of the capacity in that engine so let's use 106 so if we had 302 i need the calculator for this i shouldn't need it but i do times 1.06 equals so basically in essence that engine if i hit them let me see if they're trying to get 302 times 1.06 so basically in essence even though that little ford engine is 302 cubic inches it's breathing or having i shouldn't say it's breathing it's having the cylinder fill of a 320 cubic inch engine and then if you have the 392 engine right 392 let's say we'll say we'll give it 0.85.85 all right so that's a 333 cube so it's effectively using at 85 percent 333 cubic inches so now if you look at this right you have the because of volumetric efficiency and we'll we'll stick with 85 percent and we'll stick with with 106 on the ford and the thing is that so in essence when you do an 85 percent ve 85 percent cylinder fill it's not filled up to the top right all right on the on the uh 392 effectively that engine is a 333 cubic inch engine effectively i don't care that it's a 392 if you do the math it's three but it's only using 333 cubic inches of it whereas the little ford coyote is 302 cubic inches but it's having the capacity the cylinder fill of a 320 cubic inches almost 321 with the math we'll say 320 so now these engines are not 90 cubic inches apart they're 90 cubic inches apart in the volume of the cylinders but they're only 
13 cubic inches apart in the amount of cylinder film and if the and if the if the 392 chrysler is less than 85 percent and the coyote is 107 or 108 or 110 then that's that disparity is even greater but so that is what you're seeing is that and i want you to understand that because it's i'm going to say to it's very important yeah it's, it's important for you to to recognize that not it's not going to give you any more yield on your corn or milk from your dairy cows but so in essence let's make an agrarian analogy let's say that you have a contract and i I always say this i go back to corn because it's the only crop i know all right and i go so you have an agrarian analogy that you made a contract you made a forward contract with potato what would be a potato chip company cornflakes right kellogg's cornflakes and then you have to give them you have to you you sign the contract that you're going to deliver to them x amount of bushels of corn in the fall when you harvest you forward contracted you got a great deal and so now you have to do that right so now you're saying to yourself okay kellogg's using them is buying the corn from you they're not buying it by the acre they're buying it what by the bushel all right so you come and say to yourself okay fine if my and on farm averages 170 and i got to deliver so many bushels of corn to them all right they may be buying it by weight but you could do the math right 50 uh you know uh 56 pounds to a bushel whatever however they're buying it from you're not buying it by the acre so you're gonna come and say okay i need arguably a thousand acres of corn that's going to produce 170 bushels an acre to fulfill this contract all right now the neighbor across the road is selling his corn to post cereal well i guess that's their competitor right who knows maybe they own by the same company today but anyway i can't think of another cereal company other than post and kellogg's but anyway so so he's selling his so he's got the same deal he's getting the same money for his corn so you know it's wonderful you're not competing with one another which is the way agriculture should be and sadly it's not like that way in new jersey for the most part when you raise sweet corn or vegetables or anything but the fact of the matter so he's gonna so he's but now he's gonna do the same amount of of, of bushels to post cereal and but he's getting 220 bushels per acre so he could say that he say, "Hey Ray, you got to put all that corn in. <clears throat> you got to put all that corn in because you got to fulfill that contract with. And they need and they need so many they need so many bushels, so many tons. But you you got to you got to farm whatever a thousand acres to get that. And I only have to farm seven hundred acres to get that and to fulfill my contract and give me a little bit of wiggle room in case something happens." right so that's how you could look at engine size valve displacement and volumetric efficiency and bring that together he's gonna the the guy across the road from me is gonna fulfill his contract with 700 acres of corn i need a thousand acres of corn so i need the 392 engine to make to make that same 485 horsepower the guy across the road only needs a 302 cubic engine to make the same horsepower why because he has more volumetric efficiency 
And in agriculture, we call volumetric efficiency what yield when it comes to crops. What's your, what's your yield on your wheat? What's your yield on your corn? What's your yield? Everything is yield, your sorghum, all right, your barley. So that's where it comes down to. So he is spending less money, potentially, all right, uh, per well, he may be spending more money per acre, and it's it's undecided whether he's totally spending less money. But let's say he is. I'm not saying how he's getting his yield from. All right, but he's got he's got less acreage, so we know he's covering less acres. He's got using the tractor less, the sprayer less, the planter less, whatever. You, but forget it to get to the same result to fulfill his contract. So now, even though historically most of the time, uh yield on the farm doesn't always cost you more so you may say yeah crazy hot right well you may he may have better ground than you he have may, may have more fertility than you he may get more sun than you he may be a better farmer than you right he may have better a better planter he's got a momentum planter all right so uh, he may be a better plant a better plant better farmer than you there's a lot of things that come into play that gives him the yield all right even though he's across the roads we're going to say that the, that the soil structure is the same the soil type is the same but um maybe you got shade trees like i have interrupting my field around the perimeter of my field blocking the sun excuse me baby he's not harvesting as much sun as what he's harvesting more sun than you are all right but the end of the result you filled your contract so is he a better farmer than you maybe maybe he isn't maybe the good lord blessed him with better land or maybe he good lord has blessed him with a better planter than yours i have no idea so there's a lot of things come into play and a lot of things come into play with the volumetric efficiency and just like yield cost money on the farm all right so you 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 gonna you're gonna hit it with, with two or three times with fungicide you're gonna do a, a you're not gonna do a basic fertility program which is np and k you're gonna do micronutrients you can do solar feeding you adjusted your your uh you took care of your uh, uh ph in the soil right you got the right ph you put whatever so the thing is all this comes into play you have your so all of that so and the same thing happens with an engine is that volumetric efficiency cylinder fill comes with a cost and in historically it is less expensive to throw cubic inches at something displacement just like you would be a farmer would be throwing acres at it well i need a thousand acres to to fulfill this contract my neighbor needs only 700 acres or 750 i forgot what i said and so that comes at a that comes at a cost so lots of times the a company will say well it's, it's cheaper it's easier to make the engine bigger all right if if they could do that if the platform accepts it what have you the other you know variables there of course but historically it is less expensive i don't like to use the word cheaper it's less expensive to uh put cubic inches put displacement more acres than it is to build push yield now the thing is that what i'm going to do here but mr Lindsay and andy i think my throat has been better thank god what do you think i'm gonna get a drink of water here so so hold on g-i-n-g-e-r knocked it over just before i started so uh <clears throat> this may have washed off some of my honey 
<clears throat> so anyway, so now let's go to the flip side. Is all bad? Is it all? Is it saying, well, you know, this guy who's making the big cube, the, is he the bad guy? There's no bad guy here. It's two different things. So let's make an analogy. So we we uh, we dis- we recognize the cost effect of it, right? So now, farmer Ray's got the three hundred ninety-two cubic inches. He's got the more acres to get the yield. Farmer B, we'll say whoever he is, right? We'll say Andy because he gave me the honey. Tell me he used the honey. So Andy, he's a better farmer. Whatever, everything is better. What he's doing, he's got seven hundred acres. We'll say seven hundred instead of seven fifty to, to fulfill to make the same total production and total yield off the farm. So now, but I could say to Andy, yeah, Andy, I agree with you. You, you got more ve than I got. All right, I had to throw more acres, more cubic inches. I keep repeating it to you to get the same left 485 horsepower get the same yield right but you know, remember that i i took my wife on a picnic and I, when, I, when we left the farm all right you were in there you were out there putting a the foliar feeding on your corn and uh, remember that oh yeah yeah i waved to you and uh then when you came back i saw you in church oh so the picnic was beautiful my wife and i had a wonderful time all right and the thing is that and then and then also remember you know remember then when i got a chance to to, to to use that new wax on my tractor in my car yeah yeah that came out pretty good that came out pretty good right yeah and and you said you wanted to try it but you couldn't do it till after after harvest season right because you were busy you were busy doing a side dress nitrogen uh um application on that corn oh yeah i do remember that all right and remember that 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 beautiful day then they had the the uh the the <clears throat> the well, wait, the uh, they had the air show uh with the thunderbirds and i went to go see the thunderbirds with my wife and you said you always wanted to see the thunderbirds right and you didn't and and you couldn't go because you were doing you were doing some uh, another foliar app you're doing a foliar fungicide on your corn all right yeah but you told me that show was really good well what i'm painting here is a word picture for you and in engineering you say if no ford is not a better ford doesn't have smarter guys than chrysler i mean i'm not saying you put him pitting one another into a fist fight right all right some companies do have usually the engineers at that level are I mean, one guy may be a little bit better at something else, but they're within a spitting distance of one another, like two farmers. So if you look at NCGA, right, and this guy got 336 bushels per acre, and this guy got 332, the other guy doesn't stink, and you know, you're the king of the, king of the thing, he's got four bushels. It's not, that's not the case, all right? Lots of times the corporate structure will not allow the engineer to go, we don't want to spend money, and we don't want this, but when it comes to design when it comes to engineering there is a the the playing field is pretty equal it's who wants to put the more effort into it who wants to spend more money and why i made the analogy of me doing things with my wife and going to see the thunderbirds and saying this is because saying that though andy beat me beat me no question right 300 less acres to get the same total yield all right i spend less time in my field on my tractor so the person so the company so chrysler making 300 using 392 cubic inches to get the same horsepower that ford made out of 300 
two cubic inches, all right, they needed 90 cubic inches more. So they, they didn't go to the air show. They didn't go to this. But I'm, and I'm saying, you know, it's a metaphor, obviously. So what what they basically did, what Ford basically did, was looked at and said, well, we're going to make this the most efficient that we can. And then the other guys are saying, well, what we're, basi- <clears throat> what we're basically going to do is we're going to get to that same goal, but we're just going to take more acres to do it. No one is a bad guy here. No one has a black eye, but there's a different approach to get to the same. Because remember, we're both selling different cereal companies uh, the same amount of corn. All right, now, so let's go back to another tenant of engineering that it, that I would be remiss if I did not bring up. Is that, so we've got 392 versus 302. The thing is that we're talking about peak horsepower we're not talking about area under the curve and the thing is that and remember i said and i'll recap it is that an engine makes 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 torque and horsepower is a mathematical equation of how quick that how quick the work can be done torque is work so just like we were saying that the more valves in the cylinder head a four valve engine will will outflow a two-valve engine for a rule of thumb in almost every every instance. Well, a larger displacement engine by the f- dynamics of the physics, which we won't get into here, has the ability to make more torque at a lower RPM. All right, so displacement is a cheap way to throw torque at it. Now, the thing is that you said, well, VE is a peak torque, yes, but we're just looking just like going into the field with a combine i got 600 bushels per acre right here in the field my on farm average is 170 but i got 600 right here because the bear actually used to go to the bathroom a lot, lot over here and there's a lot of fertilizer whatever all right so the thing basically is that what will happen at very low rpm so let's say 1500 rpm the larger displacement the 392 all right chrysler dodge motor <clears throat> let's say at 15 16 1800 rpm will produce more torque than the 302 ford coyote because the it's like using a bigger hammer so so if you so if you have a lighter hammer or if you have a big so it's more like a sledgehammer at the lower rpm than at one particular point if you were to look at the whole dyno curve like an all whole field average all right is that the the coyote is making the same horsepower with 90 cubic inches less and then 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 that the chrysler or dodge i keep going back and forth needs but right off idle maybe 15 1600 rpm is that the the engine in the dodge is going to make produce more torque all right so that is the benefit of throwing cubic inches at it so more torque at lower rpm and then at one particular point because remember dino reads torque the coyote is still going to be up there and the torque is going to be be the same because mathematically the only way that the torque would be less is if that there was a drastic difference in then the rpm of the peak horsepower which i'm sure there is some rpm so the thing basically is to put a put closure to this and hope i didn't confuse you is that there's no bad guy 
there's no there's no there's nothing here that one guy's a bad guy one guy's a, not a bad good guy all right the benefit of cubic inches is i a displacement is more torque at a very low rpm than than valves so at that particular point if you say i want a lot of grunt at very low rpm then you want displacement if you say i want a lot of breathing ability volumetric efficiency you want valves there's other dynamics that come into engine design we're just looking at that one thing like saying okay you need so much boron to produce so much corn or so much n all right so the thing basically looking at that the other thing that comes into play and we're going to use the adage that time is money all right so we're going to use that metaphor and go back to well you know me ray farmer ray with the 392 i spent a lot of time with my wife doing certain things so and say time is money so i spend less money to get that power 400 than the guy who who really had that fine-tuned little 302 coyote all right so i mean how much did you spend less who knows but the thing basically is is that uh but that comes into play going back to you know that the physics is the physics everybody knows the physics everybody knows the science how did they get there all right well they i wanted to do with a smaller motor and and more volumetric efficiency or a larger motor and less volumetric efficiency all right in lots of ways the larger motor becomes less complicated of course you have half the valves half the valve train the valve train is less complicated you don't need to do all of this right if you and and so the thing bases and i'm not even talking about overhead cam and push rod because there are push rod engines that are four valves so we're not even going to discuss that all right so even though the coyote is overhead cam and the and the, and the 392 dodges a push rod motor so the thing is that they both got to the same spot it's how did they do it well if you need more torque off idle at 1300 rpm then you need to go get the 392 if you need to have better fuel efficiency more efficient engines still have the same power and have more power upstairs higher rpm then you better get the coyote right so the thing is that and when you're driving both of them will it will the and there's a and i'm looking just at the at the amount of valves which is a very very oversimplification of this but explains to you why in naturally aspirated form it takes more cubic inches to make a certain level of horsepower with one with brand a than brand b all right but the but you could design around that the torque converter gear ratio but we're not going there we're just talking we're just we're just talking about horsepower displacement volumetric efficiency and all those things that come into play so when you look at an engine and as an engine designer all right what you basically do is you identify the or it, it you don't identify it the the rest of the the, the vehicle design or the farm tractor or whatever it may be <coughs> design people who say we want to get this power we need 485 horsepower so the thing is that you could get there many many different ways and then there's a budget involved just like with a farm right well hey, you know like even like you know uh, you could say well why don't you do this or why don't you do that with your farm why don't you do this with your podcast like you can't afford to fly to alaska to, to, to do a podcast all right you know, so the thing is that maybe a tv show can afford to fly to alaska to do a to do an episode but i can't with a podcast so you're balancing you're balancing that back you're balancing that out and the thing is that you have you have to look at that 
and you have to see what which way that you want to accomplish it and how you want to accomplish it but if you understand how that is happening and why it's why it's doing i shouldn't say why it's doing that why it's that way so the thing is that on a farm we look to get the highest amount of yield per acre as a dairyman you're looking to get the most milk per uh, per input into the cow i'll leave it at that because all right so you're always looking you're always looking for that and i really want i i ask you because i can't want you to do anything with why i have no authority i ask you to look at life as volumetric efficiency and that really goes back to my opening story as i get ready to close is that and and i'm not please please notice from the sincere bottom of my heart i'm not being judgmental of that woman that i spoke about i'm not being critical of her or what have you but if you look at the essence of life the gentleman who took care of his daughter for 55 years and i'm sure that he gave up a lot of sacrifices to take care of that that daughter for 55 years was truly honoring and had a higher ve which is a crazy thing to say about somebody's heart volumetric efficiency for the blessings of the gift of life that the good lord gave him to have that child he didn't turn his back on that child the family didn't do it they did whatever they made the sacrifice whereas you go and you look at i guess this woman may be the most wonderful woman in the world i'm just going by her post and i'm just saying that what she posted on linkedin to me was was uh i feel showed her heart maybe i'm wrong but it's, it's good fodder for the show all right and it's not really it's not i'm not laughing it's good fodder for the show it's an essence of life so she was given the wonderful gift of of whether she's in remission or cure whatever you want to call i believe you have to be in remission for so long to be considered cured whatever but going on with life gave her the gift and and no matter even if you are most of my audience is is believers i know for a fact that some are not and and i'm speaking to those that are believers because we know that the, the good lord worked through that chemotherapy the good lord worked through those oncologists they worked through those doctors all right it wasn't just like happenstance that happened to happen that it worked out that way and gave her the gift of life all right now she's looking and saying well i i'm gonna use this gift of life god gave and she acknowledged that i guess maybe because it sounds politically correct is that the gift of life to do what i want to do i want to do this i'm going to do what god gave me this so i could be happy and it's really not that way it's the volumetric efficiency what are you doing with your ve did he get yeah yeah we both got 485 horsepower god bless her i hope she lives to 95 like this man but what did you do with it so maybe that's really a reach to put those two together but when you look at an engine whether a piece of a truck for a car for a piece of farm machinery look whatever you said to me okay hot rod you told us that but what's the best i'll tell you what the best is all right no secret there is a big engine with a lot of valves in the head right there's nothing better than that because you got both you got both worlds you got the you got the 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 four valve cylinder head that's breathing very well all right and then you got the displacement and if you look at a lot of diesel engines they're four valves and they're big 
big inches, baby. They're carrying that big hammer, all right? They're carrying that big hammer. And then you put forced induction on it, all right? A turbocharger, supercharger, diesel would be turbocharged, all right? Uh, a lot of gas engines say turbocharged. You put a turbo on there, that's increasing the VE. So now you get a big engine with a turbo on it and a four, a lot of, I shouldn't say big engine, a lot of displacement, a lot of cubic inches, a lot of breathing with the four valves and you blow air in it with a hairdryer that's the slang that we call for a turbocharger a hairdryer because it's volute is hot and it blows you know it's hot looks like a like a portable hairdryer right that your wife would use or your daughters the thing is that you got everything baby and really and that's what we look to do in the farm so even though the analogy i made is we're, we're growing for a contract with a cereal company but the more grain that you could bring to the elevator the more milk that you could sell to the well like mr knight to dannon right the more milk then the better off you're going to be so it really boils down to volumetric efficiency do you want to get there with more cubic inches do you want to get there with less cubic inches do you want to spend more money and do you want to spend more time or do you want to spend more time doing something else whatever that may be it's a hundred percent your decision no bad guy here but now you know as paul harvey used to say why the 392 in the charger and the challenger makes the same horsepower as the 302 in the ford so it all comes down and just like yield on a farm so if you have any questions please feel free to reach out to me at hot rod farmer at farmmachinerydigest.com and i want to thank you for spending this time with me and i want you to know that the hot rod farmer is pulling for you the american farmer and rancher and my beloved beloved america and uh, please read second chronicle seven fourteen in your bible and pray for this nation god bless you and i'll see you next week bye bye